The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. trustee and associate pastor Edmund Sprode Sr. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 to 8, 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station, KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. And also from 5 to 6 a.m. on station, KJZZ Channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world. With the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for over 90 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and A. D. B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn, Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. 
ask a spirit-born, spirit-led Christian, who is it that provides for their life and well-being? The answer will be Jesus. He is the only one who can open the way where there seems to be no way. The only one who protects, who comforts, who blesses. The faithful, loving members of the Apostolic Faith Church Choir, today directed by Assistant Choir Director Pohaku Korda, rejoice in song by presenting to you the beautiful melody entitled, Surely You've Cared For Me. The choir will be accompanied by Pohaku Korda on piano and Tiara Summers on the organ.
The church band directed by head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. will play for you the powerful number entitled Overture to the Messiah.
it is my humble honor to sing for you one of my favorite numbers entitled, Because He Lives. I can never thank the Lord enough for what he has done for me and my household. I also rejoice when I hear the many testimonies of saints and friends, giving the Lord the praises and glory for what he has done for them. I come away truly grateful to be in his care. All our blessings come to us because he lives. Today in song, I present my gratitude by singing to the Lord the melody entitled Because He Lives. Playing background music will be Iris Locke on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Mason Asano on the guitar. I would also like to dedicate today's number to Mr. and Mrs. Robert and Nancy Myers. May the goodness and the love of the Lord pour forth upon you. Have a blessed and wonderful day. His son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. I know, oh, he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives, and then one day I'll cross the fight life's fine no war with pain and then as death gives way to victory I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives because he lives, I can face tomorrow, because he lives, all fear is gone, because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he 
Singing the second and final number will be our church choir, and they will sing their rendition of the melody entitled, Walk With Me. Please sing along as you see the words on your television screen. Our instrumental selection will be presented to you by the church orchestra, directed by yours truly. The melody they have chosen to play is that glorious song entitled, Unto Thee, O Lord.
The goal of every born again is to have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Always busy doing the Lord's will, the born again struggles through the daily temptations, vices, and choices. Nothing is taken for granted. But we always look for the victory. The vocal group known as Saints in Harmony are excitedly waiting to sing to you, the, to the Lord rather, the lively number when the roll is called up yonder. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, oh, and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. When the saint of earth shall gather over on the other shore. And the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done. And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, Yonder, I'll be there. 
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona and from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, and also from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ-TV Channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming, and from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Kessonera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you decide to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program to trustee associate pastor Edwin Sproul Sr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Edwin? Thank you, Melvin. Let me inform you, dear television viewers, that the participants in our weekly telecasts are not compensated in any way to perform in the choir, band, or special vocal in instrumental groups. In fact, they all willingly volunteer their time and talents to help further the wonderful gospel telecasts of the Lord Jesus Christ as faithful members of the Apostolic Faith Church. And they give of their total rehearsal and performance times from their hearts for the glory of God. In addition, your generous contributions are also used to help to maintain these weekly telecasts, and therefore it enables us to bring you today's sermon topic entitled, the love of Jesus Christ is the fullness of God. 
We begin today's reading in Ephesians 3, 19 through 20, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God's Holy Spirit abides and works within his believers, the body of Christ, his church, as described in Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Hence, by gathering ourselves together in the name of Jesus Christ, we will feel his spiritual presence through the power of his Holy Spirit that is in our midst. And God's Holy Spirit will draw us into a closer spiritual relationship with him, teaching us to walk and talk with him in our daily lives. God's Holy Spirit nurtures us by keeping the love of Jesus Christ within our hearts as brothers and sisters within the body of Christ, his church. Jesus Christ abides within to bless our testimony and example to unbelievers who seek to find his love and to experience the power of God's Holy Spirit flowing through us. Hence, Jesus Christ strengthens our loving relationship with fellow believers and friends and family by his Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 clearly states, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Paul defines spiritual life and death in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, he thoroughly changes us from the old man, woman, or child to become new creatures in Christ Jesus. This occurs when we are baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ and then filled with God's Holy Spirit. Nicodemus approached Jesus Christ by night, seeking to learn how he might gain eternal life. He was a man of position, prominence, and power, yet he willingly accepted Jesus Christ's plan of salvation and became obedient unto him. Nicodemus recognized Jesus Christ as a teacher come from God and acknowledged the wonderful healings of all manner of sickness and disease. Let us listen in to their conversation in John 3, verses 1 and 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus Christ responded to Nicodemus and to every man, woman, and child in John 3, 3 that reads, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ then proclaimed his mandatory requirement to all mankind in John 3, 5. It reads, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The term except points out that no one is excluded from this mandatory requirement, and everyone must do it. Jesus Christ said, except we are born again of water, we cannot see the kingdom of God. And except we are born again, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is a direct command, saying that we cannot see 
and we cannot enter unless we perform this born-again commandment. Hence, in John 3, 6 and 7, Jesus Christ concludes, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Acts 2.38 is God's commandment given to mankind to gain the salvation of his soul. It reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Water baptism is executed when we are immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ to receive remission for our sins. And spiritual baptism is executed when we are filled with God's Holy Spirit, speaking in God's unknown tongue or language as the only Bible evidence showing that we have received the infilling of God's Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.4, we see the scriptural confirmation of being filled with God's Holy Spirit. It reads, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it is only God's Holy Spirit who can give us the utterance to speak in God's unknown tongue and language. The Apostle Peter preached to the Jews in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost to confirm the saving power and authority vested in the name of Jesus Christ in Acts 4.12. It reads, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ advised the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, 16 through 18. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus Christ knows our hearts and our deep-seated feelings, which he pointed out to the rich young ruler. However, he could not let go of his earthly possessions. Hence, he lost out in gaining eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven above. Today, we have the same opportunity from Jesus Christ are we willing to accept his offer to gain eternal life by being born again in the name of Jesus Christ, called the new birth? We must all make that decision for ourselves. Matthew 5.22 teaches us this truth of life. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. The term raka means a worthless one. We can control our human anger by the love of Jesus Christ, as stated in Ephesians 4, 25 to 27, that reads, Wherefore, 
putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. In other words, dear television viewers, God's Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in everything we say and do. If by chance we sin with our mouth or in our thoughts, we must immediately repent, confessing our sin before the Lord Jesus Christ and asking his forgiveness. Let us review this quick illustration about a person on the golf course. He became such a fantastic golfer that he decided to enter a tournament. When his turn came to begin the opening round, he confidently placed his golf ball on the tee, held his club in position, began his swing, and at the crucial moment, the caddy sneezed. Being distracted, he naturally blew his shot. He clenched his fists, bit his lip, and glared at the caddy, but he didn't speak a word. Whereupon his opponent said to him, that's the most profane silence I have ever heard. Most would agree that this person directed his anger to the right person, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, and in the right way. However, Jesus Christ teaches every man, woman, and child to control our anger through the love of Jesus Christ that is within us, and to keep our anger under control so we will not be put into an embarrassing situation. The four New Testament Gospels give these examples of how Jesus Christ handled anger in the Bible. In the Gospel of St. Mark, there was a man with a withered hand who was brought to Jesus Christ for healing on the Sabbath day, and the Pharisees were there to try and stop him. Mark 3, 1 through 5 denotes this example. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand, and they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other. Later in his ministry, Jesus Christ performed his first purification of the temple in Jerusalem in John 2, 13 through 17, it reads, and the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables, and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house an house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. This quote, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, is an excerpt from the Old Testament book of Psalms chapter 69, verse 9. The outer courts of the temple were for those of the Jewish religion who wanted to worship but were not pure Jews. These outer courts had become a noisy marketplace where doves and even sheep and oxen were sold for sacrifice for Roman money. And this money had to be exchanged for Jewish coins before it could be put into the temple coffers. Jesus Christ cleansed the temple in Jerusalem twice, once at the beginning of his ministry and again at the end of his earthly ministry. Jesus Christ expressed anger at those who polluted the temple and holy things of God for their own selfish purposes. Let us also review the example of Cain and Abel. 
the sons of Adam and Eve in Genesis 4, 3 through 7 that reads, And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thou countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. The Lord God warned Cain about his unacceptable offering and sinful attitude. Cain did not take God's warning to heart. And out of anger, jealousy, and hate, he killed Abel, his brother, therefore committing the first murder in the history of mankind. Genesis 4, 8 through 10 confirms Cain's disobedience and sin. It reads, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Cain's disobedience to God caused him to commit sin by killing his brother Abel and denying that he is his brother's keeper. Hence, Cain's disobedience and sinful actions led him to become estranged from God and all mankind. Genesis 4, 13 through 15 further relates, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Cain became the marked man under God's watchful care, and God protected him from private vengeance by anyone. In due time the commandment, Thou shalt not kill, was made into law. Henceforth God then established his precepts and laws in the time of Noah and his sons. Genesis 9, 4 through 6 states, But the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require. At the hand of every beast will I require it, and at the hand of man, and at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Today through the authority established by God himself, crimes against mankind are dealt with by the courts of law 
with capital punishment being approved of God. When anyone violates human life, they break their covenant with God first and thereby become estranged from God who gave life to all mankind in the very beginning. Hence it all becomes, it comes down to the term love. And God's word teaches us that God is love. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of God's purest love. We love him because he first loved us and died for us on the cross of Calvary with an impartial, universal, unselfish, and awesome love for mankind as his creation. Let me say, dear television viewers, Jesus Christ loves you and me. He wants us to love him in return as our personal savior, master, and Lord. He states in John 10, 17 through 18, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. John 15, 13 also exhorts, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. God's word instructs every man, woman, and child to love one another, our neighbors, our enemies, and those who despitefully use us. God's love for mankind brought Jesus Christ to earth to die for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Hence, Jesus Christ engaged Simon Peter to teach him that love is the only acceptable motive in service to him. In John 21, 15 through 17, and when they had heard dined, Jesus Christ said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Jesus Christ questioned Peter three times, using the term love in a stronger sense than the time before. Jesus Christ knew that Peter loved him devotedly and simply reassured Peter, saying, if you love me, put your love into action by feeding my lambs and feeding my sheep. Dear television viewers, let us ask ourselves likewise, do we love Jesus Christ more than everything else? Jesus Christ proved his love for all mankind on the cross of Calvary, and therefore our actions in serving Jesus Christ will prove our love for him because our actions will speak louder than our words. Genesis 1, 26 to 27 denotes, and God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Genesis 2, 7 also adds, and the lawn formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. However, or hence rather, we must live our lives in the love of Jesus Christ to come to know the fullness of God through the power of God's Holy Spirit within us. Proverbs 18.10 will conclude today's sermon topic, 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Knowing this, let us all look up and call upon the name of Jesus Christ, who will soon return in clouds of glory to call us up, saying, Come up hither, come up hither, come up hither. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in their entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, trustee and associate pastor, Evan H. Sproat Sr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless you and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. We conclude today's telecast presentation with the anthem by our church band entitled, Since I Have Been Redeemed.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.